Hello and welcome to the Create with Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Hutton. I'm a business coach and a virtual assistant, and I am on a mission to help you create a life by your own design. I want to inspire and empower you to transform not only your bank account, but your life from the inside out. Inside the Create with Confidence podcast, we will dive into all things creating a career online. From mindset to marketing, you'll hear thought-provoking stories and conversations that will make you feel seen, that will challenge you and give you ideas, inspiration, and strategies around building a business, social media, confidence, sales, self-belief, content creation, working with clients, and so much more. I want you to leave this podcast with the strategy around how to create a life-first business and lifestyle, the mindset that will help you believe that your biggest dreams are possible for you, and the confidence so that you can take those action steps and make it a reality for you. Welcome to the podcast. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Create with Confidence podcast. This week, I wanted to share the story of the time that my biggest fear in business came true and what happened as a result of that, because there was a few lessons, a few silver linings that I've been able to take away. And so I hope today's episode can inspire you to see things from a different perspective. Today's episode is going to be one big story time episode rather than kind of more of an educational episode that I've been doing previously, but hopefully there's going to be parts of my story that you can relate to. And hopefully as I wrap up and share kind of the lessons at the end, hopefully you can adopt these lessons and take them away. And hopefully it inspires you for whatever you're going through right now as well. So let's go right back to the beginning. Now I started my business during COVID. And so at this time I really saw my family, right? We were all in lockdown. We were all trapped inside our houses and couldn't go more than like five Ks. So I want to kind of give a little bit of background context as well, because my biggest fear, it related to my family. Now my mom, my stepdad, my, even my stepbrothers, they're not really like big technology, social media kind of people. Now, this has been like a blessing and a curse throughout this whole period because like I said, my mom and my stepdad, they're not up with it. They don't have any social media accounts. And even though my brothers, they do have them, they've never been like social media people. And so all throughout high school, it was great. I never had the embarrassing parents who would like comment on all of my photos. So that was like the plus, but it also meant that as I started doing this, it was quite challenging because they're really judgmental about social media purely because they don't understand it. And they often project this, you know, I don't know about it as being, oh, well, it's a negative thing. And why would you do that? Why would you post photos? Why would you take selfies? Like, why would you post that online? Blah, blah, blah. And so at this time, as I was starting my business, I was a social media girly. I was growing my TikTok. I had videos that were reaching like half a million views, 750,000 views. And I was on Instagram forever, like trying to create perfect content. I was taking selfies. I was, you know, uploading all the time. And, you know, I was just like obsessed with like creating the perfect feed. I was engaging for hours, growing my, at this point, it was like a travel photography kind of account before I started my business. And so at that time, I was like, right, let's start doing this as a job. I've built my up. I've been able to go viral a couple of times. Like I can do it. And if you've listened to the episode that I did with Maggie, she talks about like the one trade or skill you need is to be able to understand the culture of a platform. And she was talking about TikTok and this was kind of when it was booming. And so at the time, like I was that person, I was very much on social media all the time. I understood it. I knew how it worked back then. Now, not so much, but that's okay. We're talking about back then. I want to give some context. And so that was kind of me as I started my VA business. I was predominantly specializing in social media management and my business took off from there. Now, 
This was also around the time where every single video you would see online was like super cringy AF. Like they were dancing TikToks, they were like cringy transitions, pointing, dancing, and just like, I don't know, like having this whole new like persona and just like acting like a fool online. And I perfected this, okay? If you scroll back far enough, you will see them. I didn't delete them. They're hideous, but (laughs) I didn't delete them. So you can actually look back. And the reason why I kept them is because now when I look back, I feel so conflicted, right? On one hand, it's super cringy. It's super embarrassing. And I'm like, oh, I should have deleted it. And then on the other hand, I'm like, no, I'm super grateful for that person. Because without that version of me creating those videos, then I wouldn't have gotten me to where I am today. And so it's a reminder that it's never going to be perfect the first time you start these things. And the more you go, the more you learn. And so that's why I keep it. But yeah, you can go back and you can look. Now, the thing was like at the time, everyone was doing it. And so everyone was getting views, everyone was growing. And so that's what I did. And if you've been creating content since then, you've been in the industry since then, you'll know that like to virtual assistants, social media managers, coaches, online service providers, like that was just normal. Like everyone was doing it and it was totally fine. But to everybody else, it was like, have you gone insane? Like that's social suicide. And I was totally aware of this and I did it anyway. But I was so ashamed of it. Like I held so much guilt, so much shame. And I did not want my family to see this because that would be so awkward and that would be so embarrassing. And they were judging people. Like they would see stories on the news or I would tell them stories and they would just like project their own, I like to say like insecurities, but it wasn't even like an insecurity they had. It was just that they didn't know anything and they thought it was weird because it wasn't familiar to them. And so For me, I was like, they can never find out. And so I created content in my bedroom. And so they wouldn't see what I was doing. And then the thing was, is I knew, well, once it was out in the world, like they're not going to see it anyway. So it was just like, at that time, I did not want them seeing me make it. And I did this for months. And like I said, if you scroll back, you'll see I had the tiniest little bedroom and I filmed everything in this tiny little bedroom. It was cramped up and it was just crazy. And like I said, I did this for months. And my biggest fear was, not necessarily my immediate family, but just everyone in general that my family extended and immediate, my friends, like people I went to high school would see these things that I was doing. And then I would have to see them in person and they would look at me and they would treat me different and they would laugh at me. And this came from like my perfectionism trait and the fact that I was like going against the grain. I was doing something that was so weird and so not normal. And I had really good relationships with my family and I did not want that to change, which is also like, how wild is that? Like my self-belief at this time was so low that I was so scared and my brain tried to use that against me. Like as if my family and friends were actually going to treat me any differently. Like that's how crazy our mind works and how it tries to self-sabotage us by like making us play small because we're so scared of change. My family and friends are so supportive, especially like my immediate family, my immediate friends. Like now I've been doing this for a while. They're amazing. Okay. They don't know what I do, but they really don't care. And even if they did know, there's literally nothing that would change their opinion of me. But it's only now that I know this because I've been through it. Back then, my family finding out was literally like the worst thing that could ever have happened to me. And so I'm sure you can see where this story is going. As lockdown ended, we then like were out in the wilderness again. And that was like my biggest fear, right? I wasn't really worried about COVID. I was worried about my family finding out what I was doing in my bedroom, like posting all of these cringy ass videos. 
And so we had a family gathering. Everyone was like catching up. And I remember this day like so vividly. Like I did not want to go because I was just like so insecure and I was so worried that they were going to find out, you know, because my extended family, they had social media, right? They would have seen my content. And I was just like, please don't say anything. Please don't say anything. Please don't say anything. And I was so anxious driving there. And like the first hour was fine, but I was walking on eggshells the whole time. And then I remember this so clearly. I go to grab my lunch and I sit down and there's one of my extended family members there. And she says, hmm, so I saw your Instagram. I've seen your little videos that you've been doing. They're very funny. What's going on there? And I told her what I was doing. Like I like wanted to die right there and then, but like, I was like, okay. So I told her what I was doing, like basic terms, like just wanting to end the conversation. I was just like, can we just please don't ask me about this. And it was so awkward. And she's, she says, oh, well, like they're really funny. And she didn't mean ha ha funny. Like, oh, they're really entertaining. No, she meant weird funny. And she was so surprised that I was comfortable posting these videos. And she was just like, oh, I could never. And like I said, in my head, this was literally the worst thing. It was like my whole world was crumbling down. Like she's just found out, like, this is my big secret. I've been holding onto this for months. And now it's all out into the world. What is my family going to say? What is my friends going to say? Like, I'm going to be a social outcast. Like, I'm going to be the black sheep of the family. And my family are so important to me. So, so important. And so that's why, like, this was so scary to me. And like I said, I wanted to curl up in a ball. I wanted to run, leave the party right there and then. I wanted to delete everything. And it sounds so dramatic right now. Like, it's so dramatic. But that's literally what it felt like in my head. And looking back on it now, like it really wasn't a big deal. But in that moment, it was the worst thing ever. And on top of this, like I mentioned in previous episodes, I had been trying to land my first client for like my, the first six months of running my business. And I still hadn't at this point. And so I felt like a total loser. I was creating all this cringy ass content and I still didn't have anything to show for it. At least if I had a client, it would have been worth it. I could have been like, oh, well, screw you. Like it's obviously working. But to me, it wasn't even working. Like I didn't even have that client to like back it up. And so I felt like a total loser. And so I went home and I battled it internally and I cried and I looked back at my content and I was so close. I remember like weighing up. It was like, you know, the two sides of the coin, like, you know, the devil and the angel on my shoulder, right? Telling me like, just delete it. Like, you know, it's so lame. It's not going anywhere. Obviously you don't have any clients, so you're not very good at it anyway. And everyone's just, you know, all of these horrible thoughts is going through my head. And then there was this one little voice and I had mascara dripping down my face. Like I looked at total mess and I heard this little voice and it was like, don't delete it. And I honestly don't know why, but I listened to that voice. I didn't delete it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a week. And if I don't let any clients, I'll give up. Because the only thing stronger than my fear was my belief that I was not going to be a quitter. And so I gave myself that week. And the literal next day, I landed my first client. I had a lady send me a DM. It wasn't exactly the next day, but I had a lady DM me the next day. And she says, I love your content. It's really been speaking to me. And I know like I've been on the fence. I want to hire a virtual assistant. I've never found the right one. And I came across you and I just love your energy. I love your vibe and I want to work with you. So do you have spots available? Can we jump on a call? And the rest is history. I signed her. 
we jumped on a call and she was my first ever client and it was great. We worked together for, you know, a few months or maybe even a year and she was wonderful. And from there, my business has just continued to grow. It's continued to expand. And the voice that tells me people's opinions of me is the most important thing, that gets quieter and quieter over the years. It's still there. I think it will always still be there. It's like the imposter syndrome. It never really goes away. You just get better at filtering it out. You get better at trusting yourself. And so there's a couple of lessons that came from this, and I want to share them with you. So the first lesson is that it only hurts because you believe it. Now, I believed my content was horrific, was so embarrassing, was so cringy, was so lame. And so when that family member, pretty much she said all that stuff. She didn't say it, but she implied it. It was so heartbreaking and it hurt so deeply because she was holding up a mirror and reflecting my own beliefs back. If she'd said to me like, Tay, your blue hair, it's so ugly. I would go, what? And just walk away. Like it wouldn't hurt. Like it would just completely bounce off because my hair's brown and I think it's great. (laughs) It wouldn't impact because there's no part of me that believes my hair's blue or that it's so ugly. And so it doesn't matter. You just walk away and it's like, oh, just water off a duck's back. But when you have these deep, deep rooted, these self-concepts about you or your business or your content or whatever it is, And then you see something or someone says something that really hurts. It's because there's something in there that you see it as being truth. Another good example of this is, you know, a little while later after this story happened, my brother was talking about how he, you know, needed to get a haircut and he'd been talking about it for months. And I was just like, can you go? Like, I am sick of hearing you that you you say that you need to get a haircut. Like, just go. And to me, it was more of a priority thing. But to him, he was like, well, not all of us has the time in the middle of the day to just go and get a haircut, you know. And for me, I felt like I wasn't doing enough work at the time. And so that deeply triggered me. And I was like, he thinks I'm lazy. Like, what do you think I'm doing here? I'm working all the time. I'm working my butt off. But to me, there was a part of me that it was never enough. And so we had this huge argument about it. It's quite funny to think about it now, but to me, it was just like a matter of priority. Like he just hadn't made the time for it. And to him, he was just like, well, it's so different. You just sit at home. You can go whenever. And it only hurt that him saying that. It would have been fine if I, now, if he said that to me now, I'd be like, well, it's just because you're not making it a priority. Like it wouldn't hurt. And that'd be the end of the conversation. But it caused such a big argument because I had these deep rooted beliefs. And these things come up so often in the early stages of your business because You don't have the proof yet. You don't have the self-belief built up over time. And so no matter what you're going through right now, I'm hoping that this story can kind of inspire you to see it from a different perspective because it only hurts if you believe it to be true. Now, the second lesson is that the way you see yourself and how other people see you is totally different based on their own insecurities. Now, everybody has insecurities, right? And everybody projects them in a different way. I just mentioned the story about my brother. That was me projecting my own insecurities on him. He didn't say I'm lazy. It was just that that was what was going on in my head. And so I bit back and I was super triggered by it. It's easier to convince yourself that other people are crazy for trying than it is to admit that like you couldn't make it happen, for instance. So your ego, it doesn't want to admit that it sucks and that that's the reason that you're not where you want to be. And so 
that's why when somebody, if we go back to that family member, somebody who has done what you want to do, they're never going to be the one to tell you it's not possible. They're not going to be the one to tell you your ideas are crazy. It's always the people who either haven't tried themselves or who have tried but who gave up before they ever see the results that they wanted. Now, another example of this story or this lesson is that in 2020, I moved overseas before kind of the craziness of COVID took over the world. I moved overseas to go and live and work in London and, you know, be the travel photographer and the travel content creator. But at the time I had no family, friends over there, no house, no job lined up. I had like limited cash. I'd never even been there before. Okay. It was like crazy, crazy. This part of me that was just like, do it. It'll be fun. Like YOLO. Anyway, I went over there and within three weeks I was in lockdown and I made it work. Like, yeah, it was scary. Yeah, it was hard, but I made it work. And last year, one of my best friends, she wanted to move over and do the exact same that I did. She wanted to, you know, work and travel and be a photographer. I went to uni with her and she was surrounded by so many friends and so many family members who were trying to tell her how hard it was to find a job. And, you know, what if you don't find a house? They were like using all this like fear tactics to try to scare her to like convince her not to go you know they were saying like oh aren't you scared like what are you gonna do if you can't find a house you can't find a job and I was like the only person who was like it's gonna be totally fine like I'm so excited for you and she couldn't understand why I was the only one who was so excited for her and she even said that there was a few times we had a going away party for her and she was starting to get in her head and there was a friend who was like oh what about this what about that and like my friend was really getting into the and she was like second guessing herself going and I just come in I'm like oh is that what you're worried about? Oh, no, that's going to be totally fine. And she was like, you're the only person. Like, why Why is it that you're the only one? And I said, it's because I've done it. All your other friends haven't done it. They're scared. They're too scared to do it. And so they hold themselves back and they don't go. And it's so much easier for them to try and, you know, convince you, don't do it. It's scary. It's so much easier for them to pull you back so that they can stay comfortable rather than face their fear or admit that actually it's not as hard and you could have done it, but you chose not to. Our ego and our brain plays tricks on us. And so the same kind of thing goes with this family member. She had spent her entire life abandoning her dreams. And so in one way, like she wanted to help me and I'm sure from some like crazy twisted place, she thought that her comments, you know, were going to help me and, you know, were going to keep me safe. And, you know, I'm sure they came from a place of love. I'm sure they did. And, you know, wanting to help me. But at the end of the day, they were a projection of our own insecurities. If we look at my first client, on the other hand, she saw the potential because she saw parts of herself in me. Whether it was the way that I was presenting on camera, whether it was the things that I was saying, or if it was just my overall vibe, she felt connected to me in some way. And that's because she didn't have those same insecurities. She didn't have those same prejudices to her. The content that I was creating, it wasn't only normal, but it was something that she really connected to. And so that's why it's so, so important to build the skill of zooming out and seeing things from a different perspective. Because when you are so zoomed in and like we talk about having you know blinkers sometimes as being a good thing because then you can filter out the noise but sometimes you actually do need to step back and a practice I love for this is I I've always been obsessed with stars and we're kind of getting a bit off topic here but I'm gonna tell you anyway I love looking up at the stars and I always find it to be a very grounding 
experience to just spend five minutes like looking up at the stars because it puts it into perspective of just how small you are. And when you can zoom out, things that seem so important and so scary, they're not as scary anymore. And you realize that everybody sees you in a completely different way to the way you see yourself and everything you're doing to hold yourself back is not only hurting you because then you're not growing, but you're also hurting all the other people around you who could A, be inspired by your story, like my friend who then moved over after seeing my journey through it, or my family member who's now seen me build my business and, you know, get past all of that, she's now got access to my journey. But also because I kept doing it, because I didn't delete all the posts, my client has then been able to work with me as well. So you can help so many people just by having that ability to zoom out. And so the last lesson that I want to share, and I feel like this is like probably the most relatable one, is that there's often a breakdown before there's a breakthrough. And I have no idea why this happens. I can't explain it, but it's happened to me so many times, more times than I could count. And I like to just kind of justify it or explain it away as like the universe's way of testing my limits. So many people these days are used to instant gratification. And so they give up before they've ever had a chance to actually reap the rewards. It's like planting carrots and then you're trying to pull them up each day. Like, have you grown yet? Have you grown yet? It's not going to work, right? But because we have access to everything so instantly, we can literally sit there, watch TV and get dopamine hit after dopamine hit. We don't have the skill of patience anymore. And we have to relearn how to build it up. You have to learn to have faith, to put trust in the fact that even though it doesn't look like it right now, everything actually is working out. And another great way that you can put that into perspective is like looking at the stock market that has so many crazy fluctuations each day. And so when it dips at a micro level, it can look like you've lost everything. But when you zoom out and look at the bigger picture, it's clear that over the years, like if you look at 10 years, there's been a steady increase, right? It's the same with your business. It's the same with if you go to a gym and you sign up on a day-to-day level, if you step on the scales, it's going to fluctuate. It's going to go up and down. But if you look at the trends overall, Now, either if you're trying to A, gain weight and build up muscle, then that's going to go up. Or if you're trying to lose weight, it's going to go down. If you keep at it and you have faith and you build the muscle of patience and resilience and trust. The longer I last in business, the more I realize that our experiences aren't either positive or negative. They're whatever we choose to make them. To most people, having unsupportive family and friends say something negative or make fun of you or judge you, it's like a negative experience. But Because of that, it allowed me to land that client. That would be a positive experience. But does that actually mean that either of them are positive or negative? Imagine if I landed that client, you initially think it's a positive experience, but then they turn out to be a nightmare client. What is it then? And so it's whatever you make it. And so because of that journey, I've shown my family and friends what's possible. I've inspired them in other ways to achieve more of their dreams. And so It doesn't matter whatever you're battling with at the moment. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Hopefully my story about what I thought was like the worst thing that could ever happen to me and obviously the lessons that I've shared with you that have come from that, hopefully it can inspire you to keep going. Everybody has got something that they're battling with. So hopefully this episode can inspire you and help you trust that it is possible for you. And even though it feels like nothing's working right now, I promise you it is. You just have to trust that every step you take is actually resulting in the inevitable success that's coming because you choose to keep going. 
Thank you so much for listening and I will speak to you in the next episode. In the meantime, I hope you keep creating with confidence. Bye.